0: Welcome to the Indian Silicon Valley Podcast. I'm your host Jivrat Singh Sachar and today we solve the puzzle of innovation with an extremely experienced personality of the Indian ecosystem, Amit Gupta, CEO and co-founder of Yulu and co-founder of Inmobi. On this podcast, we dive deeper into the fundamental elements of starting up with entrepreneurs from the Indian startup ecosystem as they provide actionable steps extracted from their journey. In today's episode, Amit personifies the hunger to innovate. Amit is one person who has had great clarity and conviction since the very start, which is reflected via both of his ventures and this episode. Crazy enough to dream? Within Mobi, Amit along with his co-founders recognized and foresaw the potential of mobile for advertisements building the first Indian unicorn as we know it. But this was not it for Amit. He wanted more for his next 10-year plan, so this time he set out to solve a massive problem. With the problem at the center, he set out the solution, YULU. YULU also means simple, which is what Amit is doing at the core with YULU. He is making our lives simpler and better, solving for traffic congestion and pollution by bringing in small from commute, leading the micro mobility revolution in the country. With innovation at the core, in this episode, Amit talks about his journey of building an innovative product, being the second time founder, what it means to be an entrepreneur, and how one can tread on this beautiful journey. Stay tuned and find out. Presenting to you the Hunger to Innovate, Amit Gupta. This episode is brought to you in association with the entrepreneurship cell of IIT Patna. Without further ado, I would like to invite Mr. Amit Gupta to join me for this episode. Thank you so much, Mr. Amit, for joining me today. Really looking forward to this episode with you. Thanks, Jivraj. It's a pleasure to be here. The pleasure is entirely mine, sir. Before we begin the episode, sir, it would be interesting to understand your perspective on the Indian startup ecosystem as we know it because you've seen it evolve from the time of Inmobi to now at Yulu and you have a great foresight as to what the market beholds. So it'd be interesting to understand what you think is in store for all budding entrepreneurs out there.
1: It's a pretty nostalgic feeling. If I think about uh, our journey when we we were starting Inmobi, it was 2006. And those days, there was no concept of venture capital money. There was no angel investors, which were easy to find. In fact, we were one of the first investment from Mumbai Angel. uh, And we actually gave them good returns uh, for sure. Also, there was no co-working. There was no AWS. There were nothing you can think of. But the worst part was that while some of us were crazy enough to start a company, you will not be able to find people to work for you very easily uh, because my parents would think that hey something wrong with my with my job that's why i'm doing something on my own and the same notion was uh, for other people who were joining us all unknown company who cares about in mobi or m coach back then and i think from that moment to current time there's a huge change in the in the industry when you are now saying that uh, you are an entrepreneur you actually get more respect the effort which is required to start a company or at least try out a business model actually has gone down significantly lower there's several ways you can at least do a proof of concept very quickly there's an aws which is get on co-working space you can always get a lot of interns to help you And most importantly, there's an interesting, thriving ecosystem of venture capitalists, angel investors, and more importantly, the people who have gone through this journey at least once or twice. So mentorship, capital, resources uh, in terms of money uh, and people. And I think last but not the least, which was not the case back then, you have the customers also in India. earlier. When you were trying to do a startup, you were chasing something in the US. So it was typically a B2B startup. You were having engineers in India, but the customer were in the US or UK. Now we are talking about a new India, new ecosystem where you are solving a problem next to your backdoor. And that is actually a very, very powerful thing because you see the pain, you feel the pain, and the desire for you to solve that pain actually translates into a much bigger impact in the in the ecosystem and that's what india is all about and if you look at the word uh, or entrepreneurship or startup ecosystem in india 10 years ahead i think uh, it's going to be even much more exciting uh, where things are only getting better so i like you know the indian silicon valley uh, as your podcast name uh, hopefully we will probably will have our own name and they will say that i am american silicon valley or american whatever
0: Exactly. We hope that's the dream. Uh, And you paint a really different picture as to, you know, because you've seen it evolve from a certain point said because as youngsters now, we're celebrating entrepreneurship. But during your time, I'm sure that it was not celebrated. It was feared. It was seen as something which was the road less traveled. But now it's celebrated more and things have evolved. And I'm hoping for the better because it paves so many opportunities out for youngsters like myself. And it is because of of specialists like you who've paved the way for us. So thank you so much for walking us through that, sir. Uh, But moving on, uh, so interestingly enough, uh, when you were at a point in your career, which some youngsters would call the epitome of entrepreneurship, you were sitting at the helm of the first unicorn of India and things were moving smoothly. You decided to take again another road and fundamentally solve another problem, bring innovation to the country again. So how was this decision in the scheme of things in your road? And, you know, how did you come across Hulu? What was the motivation behind it? It would be interesting for our audience to have clarity around it because it comes across as an interesting choice and would love to understand how did you come across it?
1: Certainly. So first of all, the road to entrepreneurship is never settled. You know, always have something or the other. And in Mobi, journey was no different. There are always uh, next big things you want to do as a company. So there's basically there's no steady state in a startup. And especially when you are ambitious at the same time. So, you know, you are not struggling for resources and, and business and revenue, you know, you have an engine, which is going on. So you're right in, in some, some sense at the same time, each one of us have our own life playbook. So you tend to ask yourself that, Hey, what's next? Uh, and what next 10 years at least in my case so interestingly when uh, i was uh, 25 years old i was very clear that i want to be an entrepreneur at the age of 30. in fact probably i had that clarity even earlier and somewhere in my early 30s uh, i thought that i should be retiring at the age of 40. and when i was about to turn 40 i realized that no no that's not something which i will probably enjoy but rather I will be very happy if I can make a positive impact in the society. So that thought that I should be committing my next ten years to a problem which is solved, you know which is nagging all of us collectively. And as you know, India has several problems uh, which needs to be solved. But I was able to relate with problem related to traffic congestion and poor air quality because these two problems are also impacting me and my family and my near and dear. That's how the thought on uh, moving from uh, in InMobi, but more importantly, trying to solve something on this problem statement, led me to think about you.
0: Right, right. So positive impact led you to form such an innovative product because we'd already seen these unicorns coming out of the US, the, these electric vehicle startups coming up and booming. But in India, people always thought that it's not a possibility or a far off possibility because of the lack of infrastructure. So talking more about Yulu as to, you know, how you brought in such an innovative product into the market, can you tell us how the initial phases of starting up with Yulu were when you were bringing in this mentality of, you know, having an electric cycle or bringing micro mobility into the picture? How were things moving in that stead, and what was the response like? What was the reservation in your mind like? Because while the intentions were good, while you were a seasoned entrepreneur by then, I'm sure the market did not play as well initially as it would right now. So interesting to understand how that phase played out.
1: Clearly. So you're right uh, once again, that when we started this journey, there was just way too many questions and I would say way too many negative emotions rather. When you talk about anyone in India moving on a small wheels, bikes, e-bikes, et cetera, the first picture you basically get in your mind that, okay, I have seen that in Europe. I went to this city, Amsterdam, I went to Paris, but they had a docking station. Oh, you know what? They had uh, these dedicated lanes. Look at the weather they had versus you have in India. To an extent that uh, there were meetings where people just trashed. They said, no, you know, I dare you starting because a lot of people will die uh, of, of, uh, of your initiative. They will come on the road and someone will knock them off. So there were just way too many negative emotions around that. At the same time, we believe that this problem, first of all, is uh, certainly needed to be solved. And uh, if we put our heart and soul, we will be able to find some solution. So the point number one we had problem at the center of our initiatives and our our work rather than we started from a solution we did not have a solution we said okay this is a problem now the thesis was very clear that you're talking about having a a specific capacity of roads we do not have uh, you know multiple level road for the population we need to move in big cities Clearly, four-wheelers is not the answer, you know, if let's say we put even electric cars in India, uh, that's not going to solve because of our traffic condition. Physics says that we need a small form factor, which means that we need to figure out something where we can put one person on a small wheel. And second insight from the market, very easy uh, to see that 90% of the time you are the only person who is moving. And i'm talking about the peak hours office hours in the after in the morning or in the evening because that's where the choke happened so we wanted to create a solution where we can put individual people on one bike and wanted to make a small form factor as the as a way to go getting inspired from europe or for that matter even china where we started seeing people are using bicycles so we thought why don't we use bicycle put an iot hardware make it smart and connected so that they can be shared also so january 2018 we uh, we were able to launch so we designed these vehicles these actually pedal cycle and then got them made in india in Ludhiana with our friends who were generous enough to work with us uh, and manufacture something which was truly making sense it is also important to know that when you are in the shared business we cannot use the normal bicycle, which one can let's say buy from Decathlon. Not possible. Why? Because you have to worry about the interoperability for different genders, different size of people, height of people. They should also be easy to maintain, robust enough not to be breaking down, and also people should not be stealing them. So we basically had a lot of design inputs, which went there. We put them on the road, January 2018, and it started seeing behavior that how people are using. To our wish, and contrary to the market reaction, there were a lot of takers who found the flexibility of picking a vehicle from one point and leaving it on another, and they were getting time from away from the traffic. So rather than they getting into a car or some big vehicle, they were able to zip through the traffic in a matter of minutes. So it worked well, and we chose some area where we were able to run this experiment, you can say. But very quickly we realized that India, our climate is very different than what we see in Europe and in China. So we needed something which is coming with a power rather than someone is just pushing it through. Our bikes were doing one and a half kilometer on an average, whereas the distance use case we wanted to solve for required us a good mobility for five kilometers on an average. That's where the thought of doing something with motorized version came into picture. And even there, we had two choices. One choice was going to Honda, Activa, where one can just zip through the traffic. But then we were like, no, no, no. You know, even if we do that, it's easier. But I'm going to ding the environment again. And also, we were clear that it will not make sense from a business model perspective. And hence, we decided to put all of our focus and energy into electric mobility. And that's how Yulu Miracle was, uh, at least the foundation of Yulu Miracle, which is our EV product, came into existence.
0: Right. You mentioned very interestingly at the start of this answer that you had a problem at the center and not the solution and you worked backwards from there because that's the ideal use case to begin with. But uh, what strikes out is that, sir, you belong, you came from an industry, which was, uh, you had an IIT background, you were in a software company where advertising was the focus. So you went from the industry as such and what you're making at Yulu, you're not just making a product, you're making the entire ecosystem. So for anybody out there who has ideas but does not have the technical prowess or does not have the industry experience to begin with, what would be your cues for him and how did you solve this problem with Yulu itself where you began from scratch and set up everything related to infrastructure Structure policy, uh, the ecosystem, everything from scratch, and then set out with you. Sure.
1: I will not say that uh, when you are uh, on an entrepreneurial journey, second time, uh, everything is same. I think it is unfair. Uh, you do get a lot of advantage. Uh, you have gone through the grind. At the same time, you're also right. If you're working on a new problem, then it's not copy-paste of, of your earlier journey. I would say that someone who is passionate about that problem or that opportunity and is willing to give his or her best, then sooner or later, good things will happen for sure. I think many a time we actually take longer to find the product market fit, which makes sense. And that's why they run out of fuel and they either pivot or they decide to move on. So your first time, second time, third time is not a big point, but your ability to do this sitting on the, you know, being staying on the crease, as as I say, is actually far more important. And yes, if you are playing the games second time and third time, you know that you will be, you know, passing through all of those uh, rainy seasons and winter will come and summer will also come and haunt you. So that's the whole point right so there's no there's no disadvantage i i would say as long as you know that uh, figuring out solution to the problem will take time in our case we started with pedal cycles they were solving for some use case but a larger goodness came when we got the ev so that's why we were never a cycle company we are never a scooter company either we are just very laser focused in solving for this problem in a most efficient manner
0: Right. So when when things began and when things started moving on, the thing about educating the customer about the use case where people don't exactly understand in a developing market, can you ponder a bit about that and tell us instances as to how the consumer was reacting to your solution and what was their utility like? How were things being taken and then products being developed? Because you Fairly touched upon the fact that Yuru Miracle was actually a point of use case as to observed by what the customer was telling you in terms of what their use case was. So if you can dive deeper into that perspective itself and how to educate the consumer as it's called in, you know, entrepreneurial terms about an innovative market, can you like reflect upon it a bit and tell us your cues on it?
1: Sure. So, so first of all uh every user has a different degree of curiosity and i would say ability to try out new things luckily uh bangalore actually scores pretty high on that uh, no wonder most of the new services in india they get launched in in bangalore there's also uh something interesting happening uh, when we started yulu uh, people were very comfortable with qr code so thanks to uh, Paytm uh, and mobile based payment systems, people knew that, okay, this is square, some black and white pixels are being being shown, you scan the QR code. So that was another advantage. And also they knew how to order an Ola and Uber. So the app usage to consume something, some service also was not an alien concept. So I would say that choice of Bangalore as a city, where people are a little bit more knowledgeable and open to try new things. Second thing is Paytm and mobile payment services. QR code was only becoming that thing to scan. And last but not the least, this whole e-commerce thing, which was not a new thing. Uh, They were buying from Amazon, Flipkart, and Uber and Ola they were using for their mobility. All of this put together led to some of the initial customers to try out our service. So what happened in our case? we were able to get spaces at big tech parks in Bangalore where typically people who work for IT companies and they are a little bit more techy and geeky, as you can imagine. So they will scan the QR code. They will download Hulu app and they know how to use it. Also, I think the modern interfaces of apps make that easy where they know that, you know, they need to press these five buttons and boom, you are up and running and post that. Our initial cohort of users, they were educating their friends and families and neighbors that this is how you use Yulu. So the product itself, which was super simple, on a click of a button, the whole thing gets open. You have been told that, okay, you pick it from one station, leave it another. And uh, some curiosity, some inherent goodness, which you are seeing from other apps, made all of that happen. Right, right.
0: But interestingly enough, sir, so Yulu is... we can safely say that, you know, one of the first players in the market when it comes to either electric vehicles or micro mobility. So when we consider this first mover advantage or sometimes disadvantage, especially in a market which hasn't evolved a lot, uh, how was the experience for Yulu when there were low competitors and the market started to evolve? And when more players started to come in, or when the market started to expand, which was can be considered in good stead as well. So can you probably take us through that phase where there were more competitors, the market was evolving, chatter was happening around the product. What was that like?
1: Sure. So, so there are pros and cons of being first in any category. And I think there are enough and more things being written about the advantages. So yeah. let me not talk about that. Let me talk about the, the tough part. Yeah. See, when you are creating a category, then it is your responsibility to uh, nudge the customer, nudge the policy makers. It's like in our case, there was no policy for services like us to operate. So we co-drafted policy for micro-mobility for Bangalore, Pune, Mumbai, uh, versus a second guy who can just go and say, okay, let me go get started. We also had to figure out life for the vehicle, for the battery, for the playbook, so many things. So what happens when you are the first person you are building things from scratch it takes time so you cannot just go and do like hyper growth particularly in the context of india where most of the infrastructure is not in place at the same time advantage is that people see you as a verb see you as the as the as the player of that category then you and as long as you have created interesting modes around your business So if you are the first person, if you are not created modes, then someone will come and do the same thing in one fourth time with the power of execution or money and all of your hard work is is gone. Versus someone who is a first mover and has done enough and more modes so that it's difficult or it's the same amount of time required for the other person also to do the same thing, then you always have a lead. So there's no one good right answer. Uh, whether you should be the first person or not, but it's a total package.
0: Absolutely. But irrespective of where you are on the race, you have to create your own mode so that you cannot be replicated in the easiest manner. But right. I can we really imagine what it must have been like to actually co author such drafts and, you know, actually set up the ecosystem in that manner as well? So, really commendable things going on at Yulu and duly really appreciated by young consumers like us. But uh, as we move on to the concluding portions of the Episode, sir it'll be interesting to understand uh, the market foresight that you must have had as a co-founder for yulu and the product because uh, we often hear in uh, startup jargon as we call it that you know you need to understand your market you need to understand your industry you need to understand where you are playing before you come up with the product So how important was it at Yulu because to have a foresight for an innovative product must have been super important, especially in a race which is 5 years, 10 years down the line. So can you walk us through a general scenario and the scenario in terms of Yulu as to how important the role of the market and the industry is from a startup point of view?
1: Yeah. So first of all, uh, it is super important that how big this thing can be and hence the impact you can make if i go back to my mobi days i remember when we started the company we were talking about redefining mobile basically advertising on mobile and guess what there was no android there was no iphone back in 2007 and we were crazy enough to believe that there will be enough and more ad dollars on this small photo device guess what today Advertisement on mobile has surpassed TV, radio, print, everything. But back then, 2007, we, we we were tagged as crazy people. In a sense, there were a bunch of us, including our early backers like Ram, Shiram, Kleiner Perkins, and our, our seed investors from Mumbai Angels. They believed that, okay, these guys probably are, are able to see something more than what we are seeing. And they are passionate enough to build it up. So they support it. And market actually happened to be like that. At this point, you know, there's a famous quote from Steve Jobs uh, where uh, he says that we overestimate things which can happen in a couple of years, but we heavily underestimate things which will happen in 10 years. Same thing is true for Yulu, where the larger thinking was first of all, look at the order of magnitude of the problem. Cities like Hapla, your, your your own Kolkata city, Mumbai, Delhi, Bangalore, big cities to travel to four or five kilometer one is spending hour and half two hours not cool look at the quality of air we are breathing we are basically reducing our age by at least 10 years for sure not good and the global warming part we talk about they are non-trivial problems we are going through so the problem itself is very 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 deep what is the economic value difficult to understand but that's where your next narrative comes into picture what is the next narrative that india as a country will be growing at 8 to 10 percent year on year where will this growth coming come from will will it come from small towns and village probably not our urban cities will be driving this this growth primarily and if urban city needs to drive economic growth there will be underlying mobility that is required to make it happen for that mobility to become big and scalable and efficient you needed to transform that so what country is doing we're basically putting together the network of metro look at mumbai where they are putting five metro lines in one go boom city changes delhi you know how dense and your city has been a pioneer in introducing metro to the to the country same thing is happening in bangalore now this metro services is good is there but how do you go from your home to metro on an average that distance is 3.5 to 4 kilometer in india Will you be walking? Will you be taking a feeder bus, Or will you be paying 200 rupees to a taxi guy? No, you need a far more efficient, affordable, reliable and scalable and sustainable way to get there. And this is where we basically thought that this will be a hundreds of billions of dollars of market if we get it right. So imagine the pain point and the larger country narrative, which basically led us to believe that just the way we had a wisdom that mobile advertising will be big, Many years ago, I think collectively believed that the mobility, urban mobility, especially the micro mobility part we are talking about, will be a tens of billions
0: of dollars of industry, and we can be a leader in that industry. Absolutely. So to have that interconnectivity and foresight for how things are going to connect is very, very important. And to then capitalize on what you see as an outcome five, 10 years down the line. The journey has to begin very early and that foresight needs to be kept in mind. So it is commendable to understand how it was replicated in 2006-7 as well when people thought that you were crazy. And again, how you have replicated the same in 2017. So very, very glad to hear that, you know, if dreamers actually dream big, it actually pays off provided you are being practical about uh, the solution that you are carrying out with and the due diligence is there. So really, really glad to hear that, sir. Uh, Another important factor is uh, the market validation or you briefly touched upon the term product market fit. So when we talk about product market fit, especially with a product like Yulu, can you tell us what the metric uh, was? Because we see, again, a lot of constant debate as to whether user growth, whether Revenue, whether retention, whether any other metric is actually the best use case to understand whether you have achieved product market fit or not. So, uh, uh, very interesting to understand what you consider that metric to be and what was it being done at Yulu that made you feel that this is going in the right direction and we have achieved it. If not achieved it, there is a long way to go, but we are going in the right direction. What was that metric like and how is that being achieved?
1: Sure. So I would say that in the case of Yulu, there were two parts to that. One thing was product market fit and the second one was product market stakeholder fit. And I'll talk about the second part, which is very fascinating by the way in our case. First part is easy, the way you look at any consumer business. First of all, so what is a product? Actually, definition of product is you have created value for something which is tangible and someone is willing to pay you for that. So that is the point number one. The second point is once someone has tried your product, are they sticking with you or not? So that's where your retention curve plays a role so you know there will not be probably any any service or product where if it is a recurring uh, phenomena you will have 100% of the people uh, who will be staying with you it never happens you'll always have this and as long as you see that your cohort looks like a parallel line to the x axis after some point of time then you are sorted and then you just have to make it better so that's basically broad market fit and the third thing is that from a customer perspective have you taken off some pain uh, which is uh, uh, which is meaningful uh, and from that lens i basically mean that it is not just happening for a cohort of hundred users is this market good enough big enough and you have a gtm for that for, for that matter right so once that is established then you know that you are on a good good path now let me talk about the second part which is very uh interesting phenomena uh, particularly for business like you know so what if everything is fine here but we are making our city dirty so as it happens in china where uh, companies like ofo mobile was loved by users but the city authority they were hating them why because the bikes were thrown in someone's garage uh, on the middle of the road so they were creating a lot of nuisance for the city what if i have got this thing loved by everyone but i am basically polluting my environment right what if i have created problem in terms of let's say more accidents or i am basically damaging the the, the city or, or the road and last but not the least is this business model can become profitable in some due course in some reasonable due course so it should not be that you know i'm blowing money after money i have no line of sight to profitability that part you can still bundle in first but the stakeholder which is which are also being impacted because of service and product that alignment is also needed in our case and we are so happy that we worked on first part and second part almost in parallel so today if you talk to anyone in Bangalore irrespective whether they basically have used Yulu or not so you talk to people in Delhi, Bombay, wherever we are present you will actually hear 99% of people having a positive opinion on us they may come and say that yeah I have seen some time Oh, there was someone who was misusing this service. Constructive feedback. But no one will come and tell you that, you know, this, this company should be going out or thrown out of the city. That is a positive thing. And I know for sure when millions of miles, when we are moving from gas driven economy to electric economy, environment is also thanking us in some shape or form. So we are basically transitioning India to a much cleaner and greener future. So that is something which we are very proud of and passionate about. And to me, that is a product market fit. You do not disturb harmony of the entire environment and ecosystem uh, with with your new service. So that's how I look at it.
0: That is a wonderful opinion because that just does not give you numbers. It gives you an added sense of value as well because the ecosystem is being benefited by the sustainable solution. While the numbers are definitely, they speak for themselves and there is growth and there is retention and there is a lot of people which are actually using the solution. As you mentioned that, is the solution actually helping the consumer? And I'm certain it is. So uh, glad to hear that. And thank you so much, Mr. Amit, for walking us through that episode of Yulu and how you look at product market. Uh, As we conclude and try to understand uh, the final portions of your journey and how innovation can be brought into entrepreneurship. As a seasoned entrepreneur, what do you think are some of the cues young entrepreneurs can take while beginning in their journey? And what do you think can be some of the major factors to keep in mind or mistakes to avoid when beginning early in the journey? Sure. So
1: as I said that uh, when I started in Mobi, it was not cool to be an entrepreneur. Uh, Good news is it is, you know, it's a cool. At at the same time, it's also a bad thing. That's a bad news, that it is cool to be an entrepreneur. Uh, My suggestion uh, is that uh, you should not be an entrepreneur unless you know what you're getting into. And I think most important part is, are you able to associate with that pain point deeply? You should not just say that, let me do this startup because it looks cool. And then what will happen in all very high probability that uh, very soon you will just say okay i'm getting bored so it's not a hobby it's not a hobby for sure it's a serious commitment which you make to yourself to your co-founders your employees and your investors and your customers so don't do that it's actually uh, very very unfair uh, for you to just do it as a hobby as a project deep commitment also play a big role So you should be excited, and you should in your mind should that this is my only life, and I'm going to give my next ten years or my foreseeable future. If that clarity is there, then do that. So this is my first request. Second request is I believe that uh, rather than solving for some fancy things, and there's so many fancy things, uh, I am personally driven by the fact that India has so many problems which can be solved by technology put yourself into those problem statements if you make one change happen as a country we become better and good part is you actually <clears throat> not just doing a social service you actually create an impact and you also create goodness for yourself and your stakeholders so that's a second point and i think if you abstract these two points uh why i, I just keep on thinking that why we will not have so many other entrepreneurs uh, because ultimately we are much better off uh, from a overall ecosystem, mentors, money, market. Uh, you have this M3 advantage and all you need is your own zeal and, and commitment and, you know, God, damn
0: thing will happen. <laughs> Absolutely. But you mentioned some really great points and I think uh, this is a, Uh, something that all entrepreneurs speak of that if you're not very certain about the problem you're solving and you're only an entrepreneur because you are attracted by the good things of it you wouldn't be able to survive the industry because you're not in it for the right reasons as long as you're not associated to the problem to the solution and you don't deeply care for it you wouldn't be able to do justice to the long-term vision that you have for the product because your motivation will not last that long. So coming from you, it just testifies to that statement. And I feel great to have heard it from you. So thank you again for that, sir. Uh, As we conclude, it will be extremely wonderful to hear from you as to how the qualitative learnings of your journey has been. We've spoken a lot about, you know, Yulu. We've spoken a lot about the technicalities into, innovation and we've spoken about how the young entrepreneurs can take a cue but when you reflect upon your journey since college till this point where you've raised multiple rounds you've seen so much funding you've seen so many founders so many products so many markets if you had to reflect and you know boil down on some of the major learnings from your entrepreneurial journey what would they be and how would you like to help us take cues from that journey
1: sure so if i break it down into at least two tracks so one track is your technical you know technical learnings where uh, we did learn about technicalities of advertising business uh, how to measure that how to make it work even how to do a BDD. you know you're trying to crack some big partnership uh, so there's a whole track of that how do you do that? Uh, it's an on-the-job, you know. Typically, what you uh, learn at your your engineering college, uh, they just hammer you so so badly, and they taught you how to learn quickly in a matter of few weeks. So that's something which you carry forward for the rest of your life. So one thing for sure that if you, if at least I need to learn something new, uh, it's a matter of few weeks. It's not going to take forever. That's a technical thing. But then the Complicated part is the softer aspect. And I don't think that there is a good uh, You know, this there's, there's a medicine or, a, or, a, or an injection which can be given to you. Uh, and that's where I think your maturity, your upbringing, and sometimes your own mistakes teaches you these things. For example, when you're talking about entrepreneur journey, perseverance is one thing which you need to be learning. As I said, that even within Mobi, which is a very successful company, we had our own share of uh, bad news or bad states. How do you come out of that? How you do not lose hope, and if, especially when you are at the at the driving seat, it's not just for yourself. You're also people are also watching you. And trust me, when you are at stress, you cannot fake it. Which means that inherently, you need to be so optimistic and have that guts to say that i have a problem i have a solution for this problem genuinely is not easy how do you learn that again situation will tell you but ultimately deep in your heart you are a believer that this positive thing will happen you are an optimistic person by heart and that's what keeps you going other things include your ability to hire talent great talent Mm -hmm. very very difficult we are never taught uh, in college that how do you look for that knack uh, where the guy is not coming up with, uh, you know, five things which you, uh, which would have been, you know, easier for you. You know, you have to observe, uh, especially in the startup, you tend to hire a lot of youngsters. They're not coming with big badges. So how do you know that this is a guy for me and he's suitable for this particular role because you're trying to do something which has not been done before. We are not in the industry of construction where I know this guy will make this brick, this guy will do this light. No, you are pretty creating something new. Very difficult. And I think if I have my own learnings, uh, which I cherish, I think my ability uh, to hire, spot hire and then groom folks from grounds up, that's where I would say I have my bittersweet experiences. I have gone wrong in evaluating people and then i think i have i have gone better so my success rate of hiring good talent over last 15 years has has actually gone up but still i make mistake but i think i have gone better so as an entrepreneur your ability to build team is very important and then one of the important thing they talk about your ability to tell the story because your ability to talk about your vision with clarity of thought and conviction helps you with fundraising, helps you with your co-founding team, early members of the team, even, you know, sell it to customers. So everything comes together. And these are the things which are harder one. And there are people who are born with that talent and there are people who get, uh, you know, they learn on on the way.
0: That is, again, very, very wonderful to hear. You summarized. 10 plus years in the industry in a manner that has been so lucid and very very comfortable to understand especially as somebody who's very young because you've spoken about optimism you've spoken about perseverance you've spoken about hiring you've spoken about getting hired we've all heard the stories of how yulu is a very very young company and you know they testifies for the young talent in the country especially with the innovative product it is making And you've spoken about the power of storytelling as well and how it helps so these are cues that are going to help everybody i am certain it is going to help me and i would like to thank you again for walking us through that but uh lastly as we conclude uh so the last question is that you know in the entrepreneurial journey there will be so many ups downs there will be teammates there will be co-founders there will be awards there will be numbers that you reach but what remains the core of the pile that you have cherished through your life and through your journey and what derives the greatest amount of satisfaction for you what is that epitome of success in your dictionary
1: so i think uh, when you start a journey it's a it's a dream right so that's what you sometimes say vision uh, what is fulfilling is if you believe truly believe with some facts that you are marching towards that uh i think that is uh, something which is very fulfilling we have been around for three years i think probably we have achieved maybe 10 percent of that and if we look back in uh relative sense we think that it could have been faster we could have achieved more at the same time we knew the set of things we had to work on all the foundation was not there so we had to solve for a set battery infrastructure and whatnot but if you look things in totality in absolute sense It is very fulfilling to reflect that three years ago, the type of sentiments which we used to hear versus right now, uh, the set of things we have built, the missing pieces of ecosystem we have built, And I think most importantly, that positivity, I was mentioning you, if you talk to folks in these cities and say, oh, have you heard of this blue color bike? They will say, yes, I have heard. And then you say they should be shut down. And then we say no 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 they are they're good people uh that is fulfilling and uh, at the same time for us seeing a majority of the city our citizens on eco-friendly ways small form factor where cities is no traffic congestion with air quality where we can breathe uh, uh, freely that's where we we feel at least i will feel that you know we have achieved Uh, uh, something closer to our dream and it's not happened tomorrow Uh, as a long journey but looking at now tangibly and uh, without being emotional i think we we have found a playbook which is working for us we just need to make sure that we stay on course and we don't fail when we scale it up Uh, and sitting today we feel pretty confident that the way we have set it up is a good way for us to scale without failing but i'm sure that we'll learn more problems on the way uh, we'll deal with them and hopefully the optimism and the passion to transform our uh, our cities and our country will keep us going you know will not be deterred by these problems we'll find
0: some solutions for them absolutely i don't see this attitude going anywhere it- Till you achieve your dream because in your words, I can see a lot of conviction and your journey speaks for it. And it is wonderful to hear that uh, in any entrepreneur's journey, what matters the most is whether your solution is working and whether it's actually helping. In its sense, you touched upon it and you spoke about that dream being achieved. And uh, with that, I would like to thank you, sir, for talking to us and taking out time from your journey To actually tell us what it's been about and actually help uh, youngsters like us with your vision, with the things that you have learned. Because your learnings are what keeps us going. And what you're doing in the market is an example for everybody uh, in every sense of it. Because you've not just shown us how it's done. You continue doing so and being an example. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us today. It really, really means a lot to me. Thank you Jibras, and uh, really pleasure and really enjoy talking to you. So that was Amit Gupta of Yulu sharing some great insights from his one-of-a-kind entrepreneurial journey. Let's have a quick look at the ideas and experiences shared by him to keep it fresh and crisp in our minds. 1. Entrepreneurship is now celebrated but we need to utilize this virtue carefully. Get into entrepreneurship for the right reasons and take advantage of the resources at our disposal in the right manner. 2. Think in decades, not years. Keep yourself excited, challenged, motivated and keep asking yourself what's next. 3. The dream should always remain intact. There will be struggles but you need to be crazy enough to dream and keep building. 4. Being the first mover in any industry has both pros and cons. The initial setting up can get quite difficult, but people see you as the industry leader as well. Be quick to establish moats around your product and keep leading. 6. Be crazy enough to dream big and believe in yourself. The key to growth is belief, optimism, perseverance, and a strong vision. 7. Product stakeholder fit is extremely important to you. Make sure your stakeholders aren't hurt in the process of you building and that you're actually removing a pain point without disturbing everything around. 8. Some key pointers that can help during the entrepreneurial pathway. Learn fast and apply faster. Say your story in the best manner possible for storytelling is an extremely important skill. Hire the right people to work alongside and persevere in your pathway. Finally. Strive to achieve to a point when a large consumer base believes in you and your product. It is then that your dream actually takes shape and that you can see the impact of your creation. Folks, that was it from episode 12 of the Indian Silicon Valley podcast where we understood the hunger to innovate from the seasoned entrepreneur Amit Gupta. This episode was brought to you in association with the entrepreneurship cell of IIT Patna. Thank you so much for listening through. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I am a firm believer in the power of building and I hope this series of episodes are helping you build your dreams. Feedback is extremely, extremely important. Please keep sending your feedback to the social media links provided in the description. Also, do not forget to check out the super cool WhatsApp feature we have for the podcast. Finally, the goodbye recommendation for the day a playlist of videos on YouTube for technology-enabled blitzkilling conducted by Greylock Partners hosted by Reid Hoffman in the Stanford Class CS183C. It's simply awesome. Thanks again for tuning in guys. I will see you next week for another episode. Till then, I hope you recall, if you never try, you'll never know. Stay tuned and keep building.